When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So it's fine. (laughs) Well, that'll happen. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Oh, gosh. gosh. These guys are a couple clowns here. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Wisco Fanatics Friday night. Um, Feels good. Coming into this episode, you know, we have a tough task this week, but at least we know that the Buccaneers lost last night, right? <laughs> That's got to be a little bit of a consolation prize. I, I couldn't care less. And, and Brady's getting divorced. He came back to get divorced to go three and five through his so, first eight games. I have a theory about that. That Because so, my commander is a – he's a Pats fan. Obviously, he's a Brady fan. I said that mm-hmm. maybe it was already down the drain. She said, I'm probably filing because they finalized today already. So I wonder if like her them deciding to get divorced was like him like all right I'm just gonna go back then I don't know whatever it's their personal life we don't like talking about Brady or Aaron Rodgers personal life but I do like watching him so uh you know I do enjoy watching him lose it helps my pain a little bit so just one more reason for the for people to compare Rodgers to Brady. Yeah, I actually have, you know, I, I read an interesting, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was on Facebook, but somebody commented something and was talking about how people give shit for Roger's personal life about his family hating him and all this other blah, blah, blah shit that we don't know the whole story about. So I don't give a shit. And nobody's giving shit to Brady, you know, about him leaving his family, you know, coming back to football, getting divorced. And I also heard a rumor that- golden child. I also heard that his yeah. son is from a different chick. Is that true? I don't know if that's his true. First, he does have a child with a different woman. His first ch- child. See? I think it's I, pre- his first marriage or something. See, I pay zero attention to these people's personal lives. Yeah, I, 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 like once they put I a helmet on. He's about to have a stepchild. Yeah, it's, he's just a football player to me. So I yeah. actually didn't even know that. I just learned that through this process of him getting divorced. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that. I heard but Giselle's having like, a baby with Antonio Brown. Oh boy, bro! <laughs> that man is so he's, petty. He's so oh, off the fucking. He's such wire, a trash man. human being. He is. Yeah, Brady welcomed that. I don't even like Tom Brady because, uh, and Brady welcomed that dude like. And twice. I'd still pick him over Antonio <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Isn't that wild though? Like Brady offered his home up to him. Yeah, as like, like twice. He did it in New England, and, and he Tampa just treats him like absolute shit. Nobody wanted Antonio Brown. He offered his house, brought him in back into the league, gave so him a wild. ring, like, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna have, have 
you know, sex with your with your ex-wife pretty soon. So it's, it's she's not going to junk out in a hot tub. A, yeah. There's no way she would. Like <laughs> you don't think so? No, no. She's too high class for that loser. I'm sorry. I, I get it. He's know, a millionaire, but he's a clown. Uh, I've seen chicks do weirder shit than that, so let's be that's honest. True. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> hey, I'm not a virgin if that tells you anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh Jesus. Anthony, we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the Packers and Bills, that's for sure. Uh, we're gonna start with the Packers and Commanders. Um we're gonna do our three stars and our underrated performer. Bryant has our number one star, so I will kick it to Bryant. No surprise here. It's got to be Devondre Campbell. Uh, he's taking quite a bit of flack for not playing all that well. There he is making well a guest year. appearance. <laughs> and I'm hoping this this last week um, it really kind of jump starts him. Not only did he obviously had the pick six on a great jump. Uh, Kenny Clark was in Heineke's face through the ball. Finally, the Packers picked one. We'll talk about that later. They you know they had like three option opportunities before that. Um, mm-hmm. But he picked that, took it to the house, so that was great. On top of that, he had 12 tackles, and then he had three tackles for loss. So, overall, just an awesome game by him. Really, it was it was great. So, yeah, not much to be said other than, I mean, he ripped that ball away on that pick six, ran ran to the house. It's a beautiful thing to see. I've seen it in person. So it was, that house was that place was loud yeah, was with nice. Packer fans. So it was pretty awesome to see that in person. All right, Jake's Very got nice. our second star. All right, second star this week. We all voted, and we decided on Aaron Jones. Uh, no surprise here. Um, sh- should be the leader of this offense, no doubt. We've been talking about his touches uh, week to week, probably since week one, since before the season, really, uh, mm-hmm. talking about how he needs to be fed the ball. Um, we didn't run the ball very good. We didn't run the ball a lot this week, which was, again, disappointing. But he had eight carries for 23 yards, 2.9-yard average. That's not going to cut it. But he had nine catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Made a hell of a catch on the left sideline. What a crazy play. That was Rodgers' first scramble touchdown pass of the season. That That is that's, – that's uncalled for. It should not take this long. Something that is that important to our offense took this long to happen, and it's just like – that has to happen more, in my opinion. But I think Rodgers had a thing this week where he was talking about how he could get out of the uh, box yeah. a little bit more, start moving yeah. around a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, that would help with some of the penalties too, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into the penalties. Um, Simon's going to talk about those a bit more later. But Simon's got our third star. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so uh, we agreed. Uh, Russell Douglas, honestly, I think this was his best game of the year. Uh, I think there was opportunities for more turnovers uh, from all our cornerbacks, but Rasul, I think he could. I think he had a drop pick. Um, yeah, the one that he like dove in front of. Yeah, Terry Terry. Or... It was. Uh, it was just super close. But he had uh, seven targets. He only allowed three receptions for twenty nine yards. He had three pass breakups, seven tackles, and PFF credited him with a ninety point nine uh, coverage grade. So that's like elite level coverage. And then he graded out at a 90.7 overall. So he just had an outstanding game. And um, I'll get to it later, but he should have had that touchdown too. Um, Why? Since we're talking about Rasul, yeah, I I never went back and watched that. So I look forward to see what you say about that. Because 
I was freaking out in the stadium, and then I seen a flag, and then. But anyways, so I thought I heard something interesting today. I heard that um, for the last when they were trying to get the ball back, um, they actually pulled Eric Stokes off for his first snaps of the game or of the season that he missed and put Rasul Douglas on because of his the fact that Eric Stokes has not been playing well on run defense and that Rasul Douglas is. So I'm wondering if <laughs> if he's not going to be a willing tackler. We might see more of Douglas on the outside here pretty soon. It's going to be interesting to watch, especially with. I mean, I don't want to get off the rails here, but Eric Stokes has not been good this year. He's I will throw out. So, go ahead, Tyler. I will throw out that. I mean, Rasul Douglas did get paid. I mean, he didn't get like paid, paid, but Rasul Douglas did get paid. Eric Stokes is on the second year of his entire season or in his Seven entire career. Sophomore slump for sure. Right. Um, I'll, I'll get into the defense when we, when we get into the preview, I'll, I'll say something about Eric Stokes. I think you guys will probably end up agreeing with, but, um, Bernard asked the question, do you guys think that Rogers is pointing fingers? Um, I would say no, just because every time he talks about, you know, this needing to improve or this needing to improve, he most of the time says things like including me, including myself, you know, I need to be better too. He says a lot of that. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you want to get an opinion of Aaron Rodgers, watch his interviews. Don't watch what people are saying about him in Facebook groups and comment sections because those gonna... people are only going to take a 30-second snippet of um, <clears throat> of his, his entire interview and be like, well, Rodgers says guys that aren't playing well shouldn't be on the field. And then, you know, take that 30 seconds out of a 20-minute interview that he did and not pay attention to the other 19 minutes and 30 seconds. So if you want to get, you know, your own personal opinion of Aaron Rodgers or even Matt LaFleur or whoever else is doing interviews for that matter, watch the entire interview. Don't rely on somebody else to tell you what they said, because then you can not only, um, not only do you get the entire thing, but you also get the tone with which they say things, which is also very important. You don't get that in a text. You don't get that in, you know, a Facebook post, you don't get the, um, when, when a reporter asks Rogers, if it's plausible that this team still makes the playoffs and in an instant, he says, you're goddamn right. It is in an instant, but mm-hmm. people still don't give Rogers credit for being a leader or trying to instill confidence in his teammates. Like when he says those things, like he's not just saying it to say it. We know Rogers doesn't say stuff just to say stuff. We know he means think, what he says, and, and he says things because he wants them to resonate with somebody. So I don't know what you guys think on the Aaron Rodgers front. You go ahead, Simon. I was just going to kind of go off of what you were you were kind of saying, but uh, as far as, like, the app, like post-game interviews and stuff don't get the national media attention, like, you know, a Pat McAfee show where it's like right. a lot of people, like, really listen to that from all sorts of fan bases. Maybe, you know, Packer fans are really the only ones that maybe listen to his post-game interviews, and you consistently mm-hmm. see him taking partial blame for it, for the mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. And he's done that consistently throughout the year. And I've challenged anyone who's ever – you know, said something negative about Rogers' leadership skills and how he doesn't take any sort of blame to go watch his interviews, like post-game interviews. He consistently says, I did this. And, you know, he includes, we uh, made a lot of mistakes today. So it's not just like he's, 
he's pointing out the flaws of his teammates. Like he's taking he's taking a fair amount of uh, blame this from himself this year. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna add, yeah, but to me too, like yeah, he is. He takes a lot of blame, but is he wrong? Really, he he does. He is. I wouldn't say he's wrong. Everyone's like, oh, he's not a leader. Well, what does a leader do? A leader says, hey, this isn't working, and we need to do something else. So then everyone wants to bash him. Like if you're if you're a leader that stands by and watch something go wrong, guess what? You're not a leader. You're a person and just in that group. If you're just gonna stand there and watch something fail and not say anything, you're not a leader. So for it's a bystander. But he's also he's also taking accountability too, right? He's saying, yeah, we could play better. But if you look at this game. Everyone wanted to chastise him for saying, "Yeah, I played a pretty good game." Guess what? There were there's so many drops, like it's bad. Like he and he's not pointing out. Yeah, that's an insane amount. And that's and I I can't remember the stats exactly. I like distanced myself this week. It was it was either seven or eight. So yeah, and that's like more than fifty percent of the incompletions. What I'm saying is like he wasn't pointing. He Dubs needs to make that. Our Dubs makes needs to make that catch. Or AJ Dillon hasn't pl- been playing well. He does not calling people out directly. He's ca- saying if you're not playing well, you need to not be on the field. And who's going to disagree with that? Do you guys want? Do you got? How many of us want Amari Rogers returning punts? I don't. It's a perfect example. So I want someone to say something because, and I talked about this like a week or two ago. But it's like something has to go catastrophically wrong for this coaching staff to make a change. So maybe Aaron is seeing that and he's coming out and saying, do something, change something. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing too, is like people are acting like he only does this in the media. I guarantee he's saying the same thing in the locker room. Like oh, and he came out and said that he said, I never yeah. say anything that I haven't talked yep. to guys about. And yep. I don't, I don't get that. People are, yeah. People mm-hmm. act like he just comes out to the media and bitches about stuff without, you know, talking to his teammates first. I just don't. And he don't says that, that too. The other thing that he says to go with that is that he also says if somebody has a problem with something that I say, they can come to me and talk about it. He actually said that I love having those conversations. So he likes it when somebody, you know, if somebody takes an issue with something that he says or misunderstands something that he says, he wants them to come and talk to him because he wants to have those conversations. So that's, you know, it's it's a weird thing to, to bring up, but I mean, it matters is that um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is actually a good person-to-person communicator. <clears throat> he's not showing panic, and I like that. And people want to say he's not a bad leader. Mm-hmm. He's showing urgency, but he is not panicking. Right. Go yep. ahead, Jake. It looks That's like a really good way to put it. That, like that. that is – yes, that was fantastically put. I just wanted to add one more thing before we get too far off track here. <laughs> Bryant brought something out of me. He brought up Amari Rodgers. I think it's hilarious how every Packers fan complains about Amari Rogers returning punts, but now magically he had one catch and broke like two tackles, and they're like, oh, we're using Amari wrong. He needs to get on the field. I'm like, there's no winning with this goddamn fan base. There's no winning. And yeah. I replied to somebody. Somebody was like, he's slippery with the ball. I was like, well, the ball's slippery in his fucking hands, so probably a bad combination. <laughs> Shouldn't have had that popcorn. Yeah, I had the underrated performer this week. And honestly, I'm really surprised that I haven't seen his name more outside of a few Packers videos. And that's Quay Walker. Um, Quay Walker had 10 tackles. And we got to see Quay Walker on some blitzes, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, we know that he's got the speed and we know that he's a sure tackler. Um, send him on some blitzes. And they did. He had three pressures and he had two quarterback hits. Um, you know, obviously sacks would be cool, but 
you know, getting pressures and quarterback hits still matters. You know, that's forcing the quarterback to throw the ball early. It's just another chance to get a hit on the quarterback so that he's thinking about it uh, the next time that he throws the ball. So that still makes an impact. So Quay Walker was my uh, choice for underrated performer. I was very close to picking Keyshawn Nixon because that dude is a stud on punt coverage. Yes. Jack, so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk about Quay, Quay's game this week, but I saw you had a bunch of stuff written down. Um, so I'll, I'll hold off because I have a couple of cool stats about him as I was looking at stuff this week. Just it just seemed like they let him play. So like We're going to talk about the let him play to his speed. Like they let him use his tools is what I would say. So. Yes. Yes. Which they should do. That was actually my key to victory last week was to stick with what works. You know, just do what works. Uh, we don't let guys uh, play to their strengths. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to go to Simon first because we mentioned that Simon was going to talk about the penalties. So I will let Simon start there with the offense and the penalties. Yeah, so, I mean, penalties just really kill our offense this week. And our offensive struggles this year have been so bad that if we get stuck behind the chains, it's really, really, really difficult for this team to come back. So we had three holding penalties, two by uh, Yashaman and um, one by, um, oh, my God. Was it fucking blanked his name. No, it was a uh, tight end, Bobby Tunyon. He had a holding penalty. One of them was like on a on a run play where it wasn't even necessary. Like he held, uh, he came for like a block on the backside. And he ended up holding the guy after Aaron Jones was like four yards down the field. And so that negated a run and put us behind the sticks. And off those three holding penalties, we didn't get a first down off of any of them. And then uh, one was like, we had a negative six yard run with Aaron Jones and then we got a holding penalty. So it was like fourth and 25. And so these are the type of mistakes that this team can't afford with how inefficient our offense has been this year. I agree. Yeah. Once we, it's, and I mean, holds are normally like drive killers. The only time I've seen them do it is when me and you were at the game time and the, I think it got pulled, pushed way back. Um, against Chicago and Dobbs, uh, Dubs broke a, like a wide receiver screen for like 20 yards and they, yeah. and they ended up scoring on that drive. That's like the only time I can remember all season from them. Like once they get pushed behind the sticks, like yeah. it's like, they're like, I don't know what it is, but this team hits adversity and they just crumble. So like we need to avoid those types of things. That's just putting us in a worse position. So I wanted to talk about actually one of the plays that they ran out of, um, <clears throat> out of one of their, um, post holding penalty drives. So on first and 10, they get a holding penalty on first and 20. They run a halfback draw to AJ Dillon from the shotgun. Now they pick up seven yards on this play. doesn't seem like anything super crazy to write home about. However, we've seen a lot of runs from AJ Dillon only gain one or two yards. Seeing a run from AJ Dillon gain seven yards. That to me was worth noticing and bringing up. Now, what I want to bring up with this is that I'd like to see, honestly, with the amount of times that the Packers line up in the shotgun, is to see more of these halfback draws, honestly. To me, the way that I'm I'm taking it is that it's almost like a reverse play-action play. Because you're standing in shotgun with a halfback next to you, and instead of faking the run to pass, a halfback draw is almost like Rodgers can catch the ball, 
fake like he's going to pass, and then hand the ball off to A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. The Packers have been passing so much this year. They can use the pass to set up the run. And like I said, almost like a reverse play action. And, you know, use the pass to set up the run that way. So I do like that play call. Um, and seven yards. I'll take seven yards every play all day. Oh, 100%. So, so I'm going to go back to Simon because Simon wanted to talk about the offensive line. Yep, go ahead. So uh, for how bad I mean, maybe the penalties were probably the worst part of the game, but the offensive line did pretty well. Um, maybe there should be some sort of asterisk next to it, but they only allowed one pressure the whole game, zero sacks, and maybe it's a lot to attribute to the game plan or whatever, but when you're bringing in TRs out. Most of the game. Yeah, they, yeah that's true. Uh, when Bakhtiari is out um, and they decide to shuffle up the offensive line a little bit, Newman's on the bench, so they put Zach Tomlin at left tackle. Rookie hasn't – I think he played 30 snaps all year, and most – I think all of them were against – All Minnesota. Um, yeah, all against Minnesota when John Runyon Jr. left the game with a concussion. So you stick him at left tackle. I, I think I was reading that he only had 11 – pass blocking snaps where he wasn't getting a chip from a tight end. Um, and I feel like that was a lot of part of the game plan. And that's part of the reason this offense struggled a little bit because keeping those, and that, that was uh, also on the right side of the line too. Nyman had a lot of chips too from the tight end. So that's keeping one more, you know, receiver in line when they're dropping seven in coverage consistently. But overall, they chipped I was, on the first on Aaron Jones, actually they had Aaron Jones chip, and then he turned around and was ready to catch a pass. That was a great play call on the yeah. first touchdown. Yeah, that's true. But overall, you know, I, I feel like it was a lot better than I anticipated based off the players that they have on the defensive line. Yeah. And the amount of that's moving fair. pieces, too. To to not give up a single sack, whatever they had to do to do that, is, that's phenomenal against that yeah. defense. And I, th- I feel like uh, Rodgers had a lot of cl- pretty clean pockets for most of the game. Too, and there was a couple plays where he like double pumped before he like threw the ball, and I don't know if that was just uncertainty or whatever. And then he ends up throwing it off target. I think there was one where he double pumped and then ended up throwing it to Romeo Dodgers down by his feet. Um, it was a really yeah, that was tough early in the catch. game. That was where I was starting yeah. to wonder if his thumb was bothering him more than it actually was being let on. But later on in the game, he made better throws. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Um, Brian's going to talk about. Aaron Jones' second touchdown. Yeah, and now this is the second um, second week in a row we've seen Aaron Jones get a target down the field. And I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think at this point, with who's healthy on our team, that Aaron Jones, because of the matchups that he'll get, might be our best deep threat. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know who's getting down the field better than him. The two weeks ago, he had beat that defender. Probably, I think it was a linebacker. It might have been a safety. I can't recall. But he had them beat if Aaron Rodgers throws that ball, you know, a yard. I know he said the wind affected it. But if he keeps it in bounds to where Aaron Jones can catch it and run, it might have been a touchdown. Now he beat, you know, a linebacker or whatever for the, the touchdown this game. I Like, and he jumped up, made that catch, got his feet in bounds. I don't know who else is doing that for us right now, to be honest. So I just – I think we need to get him more involved in catching the ball a little more down the field. He had two receiving touchdowns this, this game great to see we know he can do that and i i do want to see more and more and we might see it this week 
I mean, they got a hell of a safety employer. Um, we'll see what happens. They've, you know, leading the league in interceptions, and we'll get more into that later. But uh, I think we need to see some wheel routes or some, you know, just more angle routes or whatever you want to call them. Where it's up and out. Um, we'll see. I mean, you team. brought up. Oops, sorry. You brought up deep threats. Um, Christian Watson might play this week. I know we'll get into. Are they going to throw him the ball game. across the line of scrimmage? That's a conversation we'll have to have. Because I already yeah. seen one of the. I already seen one of the coaches say, "Hey, well." you know, what it would be like, you know, getting him back. He's like, well, he's coming back from hamstring injury, so we got to be careful. So it's almost like they're already throwing in that caveat. Well, I mean, maybe to me that means that more of like a snap count than a keeping line close to the line of scrimmage count. Because yeah, I don't, I don't care that. on the field, what's the point of having him yeah. sprint horizontally versus having him sprint? Um, I don't know that I've seen him get targeted past the line of scrimmage since week one. So I'm, I want to see it like – like he put him out there and let, he, he has a few get him, get him Rogers, Roger Rogers underthrew him a few times. Remember yeah. that. I remember and that. he had and one a, one he had a nine yard catch in one of the games. Oh yeah. On like the out route. The but either way, like they it is a player I think they need to use more. Like let him just 100%. show the deep ball. Maybe you get the flag. Like so I'm hoping right. he plays. But he I should have gotten but I, on the play that he got hurt, but you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like Jake said, like right now that our this offense, I feel like needs to run through Aaron Jones. And I agree. Like he needs 25 yeah, touches I, a game. Yeah, I agree. He needs um, to be our Christian Jake McCaffrey. Well, Romeo Dobbs and some of the drops that he's had. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I wanted to spread some optimism. And I want Packers fans to realize that he's still only a rookie. And as frustrating as that fourth down play was, that's a tough play. I mean, in the moment, I was freaking out. I was like, are you kidding me? Just get the goddamn ball. But I think it was the totality. Or just run the ball. You know, that would work. Yeah, yeah. could do that. But it was just the totality of everything that was happening and how everything was just crumbling again. It was like a movie I've already seen. And I just want people to realize that he's still a rookie. He got four targets. So he's still yeah, running train got really far down the tracks, but yes, it he's did. Um, we we need to temper our expectations. Um, yes. he is tied for the team lead um, with four drops. Do you guys know the other player? That yes, he's tied I do. With? I'll be talking about him later. Lazard. Yeah, AJ. Lazard. No, uh, someone else yes. you're forgetting. A- AJ Dillon has three drops. Four. Three. Four. I just checked this morning. You Dingleberry. I just checked this <laughs> evening, you dingleberry. <laughs> I guess our, hey, no need our to be sources are different. Either way. <laughs> I just want people to relax on dubs. We, we don't need so, to be killing them. So it, it also depends on where you look to some right. sites and uh, stuff credit um, drops differently. Like I know you guys said that we had seven or eight drops, but according to PFF, we only had five. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on where you look. Where'd Fox Sports has AJ Dillon credited for four drops. Oh, I was on Spotrack or whatever it was. Yeah. All right. So the last so AJ Dillon has four people. drops according to PFF. Romeo yeah, Dobbs so. has two. There okay, you go. so I guess I'm wrong. No, I, I, like yeah. I said, it just depends on. It's the same. It depends where you're yeah. It's the same that it's the same way that they credit tackles and stuff and <laughs> assists. It's just it's different. I usually, when you look. Yeah, I, I try to stay within like 
two websites like most of my stuff so that it kind of stays you know uniform throughout the whole season that's why we got four people on the show so we get different perspective okay dubs apparently you only have two drops so that's even more optimism good for you (laughs) (laughs) all right so the last play i want to talk about with the offense and this is another minor play but to me it represents something for an opportunity and it was early in the game um they used Josiah DeGuara. He started on the left-hand side of the play, and they motioned him across as they snapped the ball on a handoff to Aaron Jones. And DeGuara was coming full speed around the formation, and Aaron Jones had a lead blocker going for him that wasn't just a wide receiver coming off the line of scrimmage. So that's the kind of stuff that I want to see more of as we keep saying that we want Aaron Jones to have more touches. We want Aaron Jones to have more touches is – you know, getting that motion um, and getting a guy like DeGuara or Robert Tunyon or even Mercedes Lewis um, out in front of him to go and block. Even You could even try using Christian Watson. I get you might not want to because you don't, you're potentially worried about his health this week, but um, Sammy Watkins would be a perfect example of a guy you could motion across the formation and a defense will be paying attention to him and not Aaron Jones who's being handed the ball. So that was the last play I wanted to talk about in the offense. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about the Packers offense with this game? Yeah. You can go ahead first, Brian. Since I, I, since I, since I, since I, I, I talk trash to you, you go first. Since, you, since he called you a dangleberry, you can go first. Yeah, yeah, you go first. I feel bad now. We're a bunch of kindergartners. No, it's fine. I want to talk about that last play, like, how many times? We've seen it a few times, right, where Aaron Rodgers, like, some miracle happens with a, a Hail Mary. Okay. I'm glad and you I brought this it. up because I want to play the devil's advocate on this. Okay. That's fine. But let what me happened the last time the Packers tried to throw a Hail Mary? Yeah. He got sacked, but. Well, he, he also hurt his thumb. Thumb. Yeah. The offensive line has been playing well. So I'm just saying, and the last time he tried the Hail Mary, it was a lot. It was going to be a little bit deeper against the Giants. This time we had the ball at the 46 yard line. Aaron Rodgers controlled actually the ball 50, ball, 50 yards. And it doesn't take as long for for them to get down there. So I would have liked to see a Hail Mary try on this one because I feel like there's a better chance someone either catches it and or there's a penalty than there's 10 laterals or whatever it was. And then the person with the worst lateral happens to be our quarterback, which is just – and then A.J. Dillon, you could – I don't know. I think there was a drop and forward, went right between his legs. Like, either way. So I, I would have just liked to see a Hail Mary try because you have those chances at penalty and – and offensive line been I know they've been getting help and stuff, but they've been playing well. We didn't let them sack us once, right? Um, I will say, I started watching when Samari Touré finally came out there. That dude can fly, and I hope I see him on the field more. He won a play I was watching him, and he just flew down the field. I was like, holy cow, who's this guy? So I'll return. Yeah, like he something. Needs, I don't want to be you know pounding the table that he needs to get on the field, but I think he needs to get on the field. I watched him run, and I was like, that dude is a gazelle. Like he, he, so, he, he can put return. He's but the reason I want to bring up this play is I'm wondering. In practice this week. What'd you say? What's that? Have you seen the reports on Samari Toure in practice this week? He was getting open versus Jair and mm-hmm. Stokes. Yeah, I said that. Stokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. But I'm just gonna say, like, maybe that maybe Aaron's thumb is still bothering him to the point where he didn't feel comfortable throwing it 54 yards or, or 50, probably closer to you know 60 when you think about being behind the line, but. I would have just liked to see them try it because 
We've seen it work before. I don't think I've ever seen the last lateral play like that. I can think of working is Miami versus New England when Robert Gonkowski couldn't make the tackle. And that was like four years yeah. ago. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I would have rather seen a Hail Mary at that point. So Okay. So let me ask you a question. What's the last Hail Mary you saw work? Uh, there was one. That, I mean, you what about Arizona versus a times. Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. That was like late last year. Uh, no, that was two years ago, man. That was was that really? Was, was that, that last really year? It? Yeah, no, the, there were some Hail Marys that were a couple that got tipped last year. Was that last year or the year before? I can't that was remember. Hopkins' first year in Arizona. Yeah, it was, it was the year, year before then. I thought it was last year. No, Either way. Year I don't know if I classify that as a Hail Mary, but I'll give it to you. I will you don't classify that as a Hail Mary? Dude, he was like by himself, one-on-one. They were with calling it Hail Murray, and I thought it was yeah, last year. There was like three people around undefeated. him. What are you talking about? I, think, I thought they remained undefeated. Either way, I'm just saying like I would have liked it. I've seen Hail Marys work more than I've seen a lateral play work. That's just. I mean that that is fair, and I actually get like Bobby Tunyon down there. Closer. Yeah, that was so, a good point. I mean, yeah. Lazard was banged up, and he's probably our best yeah. jump ball receiver. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, like Tunyon six, is five. good too. Tunyon's I would say Mercedes okay. Lewis, but it would take him 15 seconds to get down to the end zone. So we could... <laughs> at least <laughs> it, with Mercedes, honestly, on, on a hail mary. Not even joking. I would keep Mercedes in as the extra blocker. Yeah. Like, if, say you're going to flush Rodgers out to the right, you just tell him to double team, you know, with the right yeah. tackle, let Rodgers flush out and just let yeah. that baby That's go. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we could have taken a shot at taking a shot instead of trying to lateral a bunch. And, and when uh, when Toure got the when Toure got the ball on the lateral, I was like, this dude has the speed that he might be able to do something. I, I thought he was going to go, man. Me. He looked like he was going to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so, but the other point I'm going to make, because Tyler made the point about him getting hit, and I'm not going to anybody. Rodgers still got hit on the lateral play. So, like, if yeah. you're going to let your quarterback get a chance to get hit, let him just – He also got destroyed on that, you know, or, or, you know, Aaron Jones decided to run back that. behind the field. And just got yeah, so uh, when Aaron Jones lost that six yards uh, – He ran backwards. And <laughs> he Aaron, ran backwards and, and, and Aaron Rodgers just kind of stood there and got fucking ran over <laughs> by like Jonathan like, Allen or something. I was like, this is our season, bro. This sucks ass. <laughs> but, all right, so the last point I wanted to make about the offense is the amount of plays ran by Washington was 72, and the amount of plays ran by the Packers is 47. That is uncalled for. And this is a game we were winning, mind you. I mean, we a defensive touchdown will do that, just throwing that out there. but I get that, but – we threw the ball 35 times. We rushed the ball 12 times in a game we were winning 14 to 3. Yeah. Sounds familiar, no. doesn't it? Just Rodgers no. and the floor Absolutely both brought up being no. behind the sticks a whole bunch of times with that. I don't so give a shit. This is Matt LaFleur's team. This is Matt LaFleur's team, is it not? And when fucking Mike McCarthy was the head coach. I used to get on Mike's ass because our defense was always ass. And I'm like, are you the head coach? If you're the head coach, you look over the whole fucking team. Why are you only talking about the offense every time he's doing a goddamn interview? If this is Matt LaFleur's team and you want to run the goddamn ball like I heard he was supposed to be a run run the ball first kind of guy, why the fuck we run the ball 12 times? Shit's really pissing me off now. I, dude. I you want to know a more disgusting play discrepancy? No. What is that? Buffalo's only loss this season to the Miami Dolphins 
They held the ball for 40 minutes and 40 seconds. They ran 90 plays to Miami 39 and lost. (laughs) That's insane. 90? <laughs> didn't he throw did he throw the ball like he threw the ball like 50 sometimes 63 didn't he? times 63. That game. god damn <laughs> and they scored 19 points so we we just need that kind of miracle this week you, you can get away with that when you have a deep threat let alone two deep threats because they could score in nine seconds i mean that should never Packers, happen Packers don't have that luxury isn't it against Miami that had a 98-yard touchdown? Buffalo had the ball for 40 minutes. I know. That's I'm saying. I'm quick. I know. That's why I'm saying Miami can get away with that because they have multiple deep threats. They could score fast as hell. They're literally in a scoring position when they get points. the ball. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is Miami can get away with that because they could score from the 20-yard line every fucking possession. The Packers yeah. cannot. We are not Third the Dolphins' offense, and that's sad. One-yard rush. By Chase Edmonds, an 11-yard pass, and a three-yard rush. Now tell me the well, plays that got them down there, because I guarantee they're chunk. Yeah. They're chunk. What's plays. the longest plays of the game? Guarantee they're chunk plays. Is that the game that Buffalo had a 98-yard play? Could you imagine Green Bay no. having a 98-yard play? No. <laughs> uh, the only 98-yard play that for Buffalo six. Because of a fumble by Josh Allen, which is going to tie into a, my key to victory later. Oh, <clears throat> same. Uh, their second drive started at their own 17. That was a five-minute drive. Biggest <laughs> gain on that drive was 17 yards. God, I can't imagine the Packers having a 17-yard play. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Aaron Jones had a 21-yard reception. Yeah, and that was freaking amazing. That was amazing. It took that, a lot that for that. Play that was pretty dope. Dope. It took a lot for that to happen. We take one those. 45-yard pass to Jalen Waddle. Waddle's balling this year too. That dude is fucking. He's balling. I do agree with Isaac that he has the best touchdown celebration. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I was so mad they didn't put it on Madden. I was like, that's bullshit. They put the damn gritty <laughs> on there. You can't put a penguin waddle on there. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Come on. Rock, All right. So let's switch to the defensive again. side of the ball. Um, I want to go to I'm gonna go to Bryant first because he's gonna talk about Devondre Campbell's pick six, which was the most fun part of the game. So I'll let Bryant go first. Yeah, I kind of talked about it when I was talking about him being a star. But this goes back into – I know he's not a cornerback, but it goes back into – and I'll talk about it a little bit here in a minute. But uh, just our secondary being more aggressive and our our, you know defenders being a little more aggressive. Um, If you go back and watch the play, Kenny Clark was about in Heineke's lap, forced him to throw the ball. Uh, Kenny Clark had an amazing game. We didn't talk about that during – you know, he could have easily been a star or an underperformer. I think he has something like five pressures again. so he was in his lap, forced the ball out, and Campbell to catch that is what we need our cornerbacks to do, is catch some of those dang contested tight um, balls. Because I think before he made that interception, there was like, shut up, Simon. <laughs> there was just such a long pause in there. <laughs> I was trying to think of a different word, okay? Anyway. Pausing for dramatic effects. Those passes. <laughs> All right. So there was like three or four 
passes that could have been intercepted easily before that one too. So um, we just need those players to make those plays. But uh, yeah, just it was nice to see. So it was. There's a lot of people that have been saying, you know, turnovers come in bunches. Turnovers come in bunches, and they almost came in bunches in this game if not been for a penalty. So I'm gonna let Simon talk about the the almost fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah, this would have this could have been easily a Rashawn Gary game too. Like that hit on Heineke to force the fumble, and then Rasul Douglas taking it back for six. And I get it. I, I get that they're trying to crack down on um what's it called illegal contact yeah illegal contact thank you i was gonna say pass interference but i knew that was wrong yeah illegal contact and technically it was the right call but holy crap man was that a ticky tack call that was just i was was just sitting there in awe nowhere near the play was on the opposite side of the and you would know that better than i because when he's out of the pocket you can he, he was the ref said he was in the pocket. Oh my god. No yeah. way, he was way on the outside. No, he was he ran up the middle. He ran he ran up the middle. Yeah. So they, they said he was still in the pocket. And I don't know if he was inside. Yeah, yeah. So when he when the illegal contact was made, he was technically still inside the pocket. But holy crap, man, they like they engaged each other really. And it, it was it wasn't it wasn't um, Stokes ran up to him and like shoved him or anything. They they really engaged each other. I was just in awe, and that could have been a, that was a huge game changer too. Like oh, yeah. I think this game was so many. It was like everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Packers to the point where like if one of those things goes right, then we we win the game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm not trying to sit here and make excuses, saying the Packers played amazing and it, it, everything was just against the Packers. No, like it was just one of those things where, like, a play like that is such a huge part, and it was just I don't know. I was just bothersome, and yeah. And then uh, what did the the ref said? Like you you can't engage a player on a double move because that's essentially what Gibson was doing was trying to double move, and more or less he was just a decoy. And mm-hmm. it just, it was just, oh man, it was so disappointing to see that flag pop up on the screen. And you, like, you have to stop celebrating because you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just frustrating so, to see point, plays like uh, that end up. Oh, sorry, that was it, right? Okay. Uh, to your point on, you know, like one thing going right or wrong could make the game. Um, I made the point, I think it was last week or could have been the week before, could have been both weeks. But, the Packers have done literally everything they need to do. They just haven't done all of it in one game. So this is gonna this is gonna reflect in my score predictions later. But the Packers have done everything they need to do to play winning football. It's just a matter of if it's all gonna happen in the same game or not. If we can take the second half of the New England game and pair it with the first half of the Tampa Bay game, with the pass stopping of the Bears game and the run stopping of the uh, you know of of some of the games that they've played and the red zone defense against the Jets and they hit a deep ball to Sammy Watkins. I mean, you go back to week 1 and Christian Watson torched Patrick Peterson on the first play of the season for the offense. That could have been a 75-yard touchdown. It would have been a 75-yard touchdown. These things have all happened. They just need to all happen in the same game. 
And honestly, I looked past the commanders a little bit. I expected the Packers to win that game. Obviously they didn't, Mm -hmm. but I knew it. And I brought this up last week that even if the Packers had won this game, it was just going to be, Oh, well, it was this, the commander. So they were supposed to win. So I've been looking forward to the Buffalo game because I want to see the Packers make a statement. So with that said, on on game-changing plays, I'm going to let Jake talk about the the muffed punt. This was the play. This was the play that changed the game, in my opinion. Got to think about all the stuff that led up to this point. The defense is flying around. The offense went down, put a drive together. Got the touchdown that we talked about earlier where Jones chipped and Rodgers flipped the ball to him. And he, he Jones runs so tough, I don't understand why he doesn't touch the ball 25 times. But he should not have – absolutely should not have scored on that play. But he just absolutely was not going to be denied. So credit to him on that. But the muff punt changed everything. It gave the commanders life. And to Brian's point about once things just – go so terribly wrong, that's when they decide to change him. It is going terribly wrong now for Amari Rodgers as the punt returner. It's been terribly we've been wrong. doing this we, we've been doing this project for a long time. Okay. <laughs> it's time to put somebody else back there and a permanent move. And I personally don't give a shit if he sees the field as a wide receiver. Sure he can catch a one, two passes, get a couple targets. I'm not going to be upset at that. But I absolutely do not want to see him back there returning punts uh the defense was just flying around man defense was making plays and obviously they had to pick six so they still kept their head up after this play but the fact that it gave washington life is really really why i wanted to talk about i thought it was like a key turning point in this game and then obviously you get to the play that simon just broke down where it was just like and you know the thing i was going to say about that play is at the very bare minimum, it was simultaneous, you know, contact. There was no way that Stokes had contact first. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just seemed like they engaged each other. And it, it, it was. It shouldn't. And that was a running back running off. that route. Why is he getting that respect? Like, he doesn't run routes like that. They should take that into account, too. And I understand that they can't do that. But it's like, he doesn't run the cleanest routes. So what if he ran a sloppy route and he runs into the corner and then it's going to be a flag? Like, that's garbage. Yeah, you shouldn't you know be able to run into somebody and draw a flag. It's just ridiculous. Exactly. And, and My dad that. actually said that. He said, if I was yeah. a wide receiver, I'd just run into a corner. You can draw automatic first Everything. downs all day. Yep. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong. That's apparently what we yeah. just saw. But, you know, the muff punt to me was – Unless you're playing college football. Right, Jake? Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> true that yeah like you make a really good point jake like and i my kind of my heart kind of sank when i seen the play i'm like here we go it's out like in our losses are these games that we've struggled there's always been this one play that just yep. sends us off the rails and we're in trouble the only time that i've seen us bounce back from this is that i can recall really well is in the tampa bay game we had a couple turnovers and we our defense they were driving down and our we forced the fumble or whatever after a turnover by ourselves but it seems like Every game so far that we've lost, you can pinpoint like one thing that we hit some adversity or a rough spot and it just completely flips the game. I don't understand why, but it happens. And it's like, we can't respond. It does. So Brian, talk about the the touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Yeah. So I just want to talk about everyone like saying, Oh, maybe, you know, jaw wanted the smoke and maybe you can't hold up, blah, 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 blah. Look, Terry McLaurin has put up some big numbers with some really bad quarterbacks. That is, a, he is a stud wide receiver. And guess what? I will take 
jaw getting beat that one time for him to be able to play press coverage and shut down wide receivers. He got picked on a little bit this game. He had a little bit of a rough game. That's going to happen. I would have loved to see him make that final play for us to get the ball back, but that was kind of a prayer throw and catch. You know, he was there. So, like, uh, yeah. I think both of them beat him off the line, and it was a perfect throw. I seen – I mean, there was no help, safety help or anything. Job was one-on-one. You know I mean? He got beat. It's going to happen. That's one where you tip your cap. That was honestly like if you if you look at it objectively, like that was a really nice play. Like yeah, that was a perfect. People that are are trying to you know flame Jaw for it or something. Look, the fact that he's playing up and people we and we need him. We need him to do the same thing with Stefan Diggs this week. Yeah. Like if we have any chance. About what? Offense. Oh, you say a lot of things. Oh well. You say you say that good offense beats good defense, and that was a perfect pass. There was no corner in the league stopping that. The the other thing too is like he got blasted on that play too. He doesn't make that play like ten times out of ten. I, I forget who hit him, but he took a shot on that play. Dude, too. He had his eyes closed when he yeah he that. threw up a prayer. That was bullshit. And it was just, it was just right on the money, and that's just something you you can't do anything about. Yeah. And it, it, Jair's coverage wasn't even it wasn't like he got burned really bad or anything no he was there either he was right there it just it was just pinpoint right on the money and there's nothing like one yard separation like yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah that's what i say i just want to talk about that like and if he gets beat again this game by stefan diggs but he shuts him down 90 percent of the game i'll take that make him beat us deep i want to i want i mean this Allen is a quarterback that can and probably will beat us deep but all these like Heineke's, these Zappies, yeah. and everyone else we've been playing, we want them to force them to make us beat us deep. I have some thoughts on that when we get into the preview, Bryant, on the deep balls that Josh Allen throws. We'll, we'll get to that. But okay. Um, so I'm going to let Simon end our recap on a positive note with Kingsley Kiki. Nope. Or Kingsley Enigbare. Sorry, Thank wrong you. Kingsley. <laughs> wow. He said, nope. Wrong I don't want to that guy. <laughs> Is he's he's still he's still playing for someone, right? Like Houston or something? Yeah, Houston. Houston I don't know. I think it's Houston. Over, yeah. he's over there. I'll yep. look it up. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. So just a, I just want to shout out Kingsley Enigbare. He's our fifth round draft pick from this year. He's the first rookie with back to back sacks since Dean Lowry's rookie year. Um, so it, it's good seeing him out in the field and actually making plays and stuff when people were really questioning our pass rush outside of. Gary and Smith. Can I just say yeah. something real quick? Yeah. I don't I don't know if I was more shocked to hear that he was the first one since Dean Lowry, or I was more shocked to hear that Dean Lowry had back-to-back games with sacks. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. trying to talk shit, but like yeah, I was like, what the hell you so when I when I read that, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a player from like 60 years ago or something. Yeah, I was right. like, that was like, like Dean Lowry. I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, Gene Lowry, bro? Like, wow. At least it wasn't like Tyler Lancaster or something. (laughs) Tyler Lancaster. Does Lancaster have two sacks in his career? Yeah. Jarrell Worthy. (laughs) Fuck, man. What about uh, about Justin Justin Harrell, anybody? Yeah, I was about to say him. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Kingsley Kiki is a free agent. I thought he played for her. He did. He was either him or Ahmad Carroll is the. Uh, he must have. He must have been on like a, a <laughs> training camp roster or something. 
Man, well, no, no, I, I remember being upset when he left. I am excited about Anamari yeah. though, because his Did stats you... coming out too, like his win rate and everything in college in the SEC was yep. pretty damn impressive. So he's, I think he's coming into his own a little bit here. Yeah, he was the guy that sure. I said last week that needed to play more, and then he got more playing time and he got some sacks. So it's like, yeah, I look smart. Once yeah. actually, I saw, I saw a stat on uh, Kingsley Anamari today. He has the third highest pass rush win rate on the Packers. Trails only Kenny and Gary. That's oh, impressive. Yeah. Play him. I would have thought Preston. Yeah. I thought I would have thought Preston. Preston hasn't good. done much in the last few games. Yeah, he's been a little quiet. He he's actually been like one step away from getting to the quarterback like a thousand times this season. I swear. Dude, his 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 reading reactability, I will not lie, is a little underrated. He's he's not as good of a pass rusher anymore, in my opinion, but. His ability to to diagnose a play like in a split second is yeah. almost second to none. Defense. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's, he's very really good, good at setting all that around edge. linebacker. Yeah, he's yeah. freaking long as hell, man. His arms go forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like if Jimmy Graham played linebacker. <laughs> if Jimmy Graham was garbage, and I hate him. Uh, garbage I saw somebody. Well. Oh my god, it was so bad. I saw somebody say the Packers yeah, should bring guys. Yeah, yeah I sent you that thing. That. that guy had to be trolling, man. There's no, yeah. There's no way. Oh was, yeah, <laughs> bring back Jimmy Graham. Why? Sign Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was bad. We should bring back. Right. Does anybody else want to throw anything oh, else out from the Washington god. game before we move on? No man, fuck okay. that game. All right, the fans that were talking crap like their team is good after the win. That crap, yeah. Yeah. That's what, that what about Bears fans that are bragging to be three and four? Yeah, imagine literally, imagine. Hey, you take what oh, you can get man. as a Bears like, fan. We're gonna have to go through a rebuild at some point, but I still can't imagine bragging about a three and four record. Yeah, yeah, because when we go through the rebuild, we're gonna talk about how it's expected and we're you know, we're right. looking for the positives and. We're looking at yeah, Bears looking fans are like that that meme where like it's that. like the dude in 48th place chugging the beer and screaming that he has his medal. <laughs> That's the Bears fans. <laughs> I agree with that. That was very well done. I agree with that. All right. So I'm going to let Bryant give the Packers and Bills injury report. Okay. So for the Packers, it's not looking great to be honest. It's like, it could be good. It could be very bad. Obviously, you know, we're, we're beat up at wide receiver with Cobb out already. And Christian Watson is questionable. I have a feeling he might not play because he was limited all week. He didn't get a full practice from my understanding, correct? So, and I thought he fully practiced reason, No, he, pla- he practiced today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, he was a full sorry, practice today. But it, oh, it was still said that he's questionable. Part. It's been a hectic week, okay? Tyler, <laughs> Um, so, but the ones that concern me is Elton Jenkins being back to questionable. I don't believe he he had any status last week. He, so him and David being go. questionable. So hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to go. Um, we really kind of need them back. It's, it is encouraging that David is practicing after whatever happened last week and Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking this week said, uh, you know, it's just me talking, but I, I think hopefully he can get it going. Uh, Rashawn Gary should be good to go. I think he's been practicing full. I don't even think yep. he wanted to come out of the game. I've seen him like basically like what the hell, like I'm fine during the game. I don't even recall the hit that he took. Um, but yeah, so obviously Alan well, Lazard is out. Laid, to be honest with you. Yeah. Alan Lazard is out uh, for us. 
um, which is good that they haven't put him on IR yet, I guess. So when you hear him that, say that his shoulder snap crackled and popped and now he's questionable, uh, not a great look. But the fact that he hasn't hit IR is probably positive. And then Sammy Watkins will play. And then for the Bills, they really ha- only have one person out, and that's uh, Spencer Brown, who is a right tackle. So um, him being out or be someone else just hit IR or something. Tredavious White. Uh, yeah, Tredavious White. White. Yeah, I haven't talked about Tredavious White yet. I was about to talk to him about him, but he's not activated yet, so he's not on the injury report, but he is not – he will not be Oh, playing. okay, I see what you're saying. So um, – and then just their backup quite you know, fourth string running back is questionable. Um, Jake Coomer will play, so when he catches a pass, all of Packer Nation can moan and groan. Mm. So that looks – yeah. Well, Rogers Packers. will groan with him. Yeah. Also need to freak out over the fact that the Jets waiting for a backup running back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So it's not looking if if Bach and Jenkins can go, it'll look a lot better for us. Oh and I, I, it is. I'm just hoping that you know, maybe with the tackle that's out for the Bills and them coming off a bye week, somehow they can be rusty and not you know maintain that. Packers haven't been great off bye weeks, so yeah. So and hopefully Rashawn Gary can somehow. That tackle, but yeah, um, they're you know pretty healthy versus compared to us, so we'll see how it goes. All right, so we're gonna start with the Packers offense. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about the Packers offensive identity. So, the offense, in my opinion, and this ties in really well with something Bryant said earlier about urgency without panic. And I felt that after watching you know the, the drive that the Packers had where they got the touchdown to Aaron Jones that the offense plays best when they're playing with a sense of urgency. Um, Whether it's when they're down, when they're at the beginning of games or beginning of halves, like looking at the Washington game, their first, their their two scores came at the beginning of the game and they were down by nine points. Uh, The Jets, they were down by 14 when they scored a touchdown against the Giants, their third possession and fourth possession were their touchdowns early in the game. Um, in the Patriots game, they scored on their third possession. Their first two possessions had only totaled seven plays, so it was still kind of early in the game for that one. Um, and then again, when they were down, um, Tampa Bay, they scored on their first two possessions. Chicago, they scored on their second possession and third possession, and then right before the half, so it's another sense of urgency situation. And then the Minnesota game, they scored um, when they were down by 20 points, so obviously when they're trying to make a comeback. But... So the Packers have scored 14 touchdowns this year. Now, eight of them have come while they were trailing. Nine of them have come on possessions of five minutes or less. And 11 of the 14 have come on possessions of six minutes or less. So I know this is something that Jake has said is up the tempo. So to me, this is... You know, playing on a faster tempo, um, I know this is kind of a trade-off because Rodgers lets the play clock usually tick down to get as much information from how the defense is lined up as he can. But to me, get up, basically play almost like a hurry-up style offense. Play up tempo. I know that's something Rodgers himself has actually talked about wanting to do is play with more tempo and not wanting so much substitutions. Um, But what it does is if you play with more tempo – is it doesn't let the defense make as many substitutions either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's where you potentially you can catch the defense trying to make a substitution and maybe catch them with a 12th man on the field. 
which is something that Rogers is great at. Um, and then with that thought is also to basically stagger Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon by series um, to have, you know, Jones play the, the first series, Dillon play the second series. So there's even less substitution, but you still give them adequate rest is my thought process. So um, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Jake talk about the offensive line uh, as far as the offense is concerned. And then I'm going to go to Brian to talk about AJ Dillon specifically. So I just wanted to give some shout outs to the offensive line. First of all, Tom, his first ever start. I thought he was fantastic. He got left on an Island a couple times uh, against some really, really good pass rushers. I mean, nobody on that defensive line for Washington is anybody to like scoff at or, or second thought about because they're, they're good. Um, I love, I absolutely love, I feel like I was the only one in America that wanted this. I might not have been, but Jenkins needed to be left guard. That is his goddamn spot. I don't give a shit what John Runyon said. You are going to do what's best for this team. Get your ass over on right guard, which he did a very good job of, by the way. So congrats to you. Myers, I have no complaints about. And obviously, Yash. Um, I think that Brian might be his biggest fan talking about getting him on the field. Uh, Yash needed to be on the field. And I'm going to give him two, three weeks to adjust to it because obviously the steps are different and, you know, just seeing the field from a different side. But again, I think he did a fantastic job. Once we get Bakhtiari back in there full time, we have that left side of the line as the power side of the line. You can run that way. Rodgers can feel comfortable that way. He knows that the blitzes are probably going to come from the right side. So again, that just simplifies the game. You know, something that Rodgers has talked about as well. Um, the offensive line, I think, is fixed in my opinion. Um, I understand that it is. And I understand that you have to chip and that makes a lot of delayed routes. And when you're playing against a team like Washington, that's dropping seven back. I fully expect the bills to do the same thing, by the way, fully expect them to drop seven back and and force us to beat underneath Rogers in the offense has to just calm down. Okay. Take their time. Take what the defense is giving you. You don't have to force anything. Um, and people are, are all complaining, why wouldn't you throw to this guy? Why wouldn't you throw to this guy? Well, when you're looking at a standstill photo, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, my God, you should have to this that. guy. Well, you know what's the, worse? That, the one that Romeo dubs on an underneath route where he they were like, oh, he's wide open. There's a guy two steps behind him. I had to pray to God I was so like, many bro. Week, bro. I had to pray to God so many times. I'm like, bro, you don't even know the rest of the play. Yeah, because if you, you watch can't it, tell anything from this. that dude. The four on one regression, you don't know the play. Like, yeah, just like like you, you like there the was one exactly. There's one play dude, where fourth and one play, the ball is already out of Rogers' hand, and then Sammy Watkins breaks free, and people are like, "Why didn't Rogers see that?" It's like, do you expect him to see six seconds into the fucking future? <laughs> yes. yes. And like, do you understand how plays work? Like, he's the play. Romeo Dubs is the option on that play. It's yeah. Pike, get the ball out of your hands. Watkins that misplayed play. that. And that's why that's why I think Watkins is one that came to the aid. Brian, I'm going to let you give the floor in a second here because I know you had something to say. But that's why I think he came and he said he agreed with Rodgers because he messed up a few times, yeah. you know, missing blocks and stuff. And he he's in that. that's the part about LaFleur's offense is, you know, uh, we've had – we have buddies that talk about Rodgers had to wear a – a sleeve to to remember memorize the plays and this is a lot of stuff to take in so i mean sammy Watkins too he's still catching up to the offense and he hasn't been on the field the whole time either so that's something to consider uh right you had something to say buddy 
Yeah, it was just like one of the plays where I think it was a screen where you see Watkins just run up the field, and he came out and said, well, I kind of was thinking that Rodgers would read that coverage. Well, guess what? He, maybe he did, but he really hasn't given a reason to even trust anyone to run that. And maybe next time he'll be like, hey, I actually trust that Watkins is going to make this decision and run that, and maybe he won't fire that ball out right away. But guess what, buddy? You just got back on the field. He hasn't played with you. Like, I get yeah, it. Yeah, right. Like, like so. If you, if you were wearing number 17, he might have thrown it to you. <laughs> yeah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, so, like, uh, you know, it... it we're we're just not in sync, and we need to get there. So we're so, trying. So talk about AJ Dillon. Yeah, you know AJ Dillon just has not been playing well, and maybe you guys can correct me on that. But I have a couple stats I want to share. Um, first four games, he had fifty percent snap rate or better. Since then, um, it's been below fifty percent. And two, one was thirty percent, one was thirty-two percent. Um, we Oof. talked about this earlier, but his first two years in the NFL, zero drops. This year, four drops already on characteristic drops. Um, his yard per reception is down from a total, full three yards from last year. Oof. So that's down three yards. And then his rushing average, year one, 5.3. Last year, 4.3. This year, 3. And that can be contributed a little bit to the offense line, but the offense line was hurt last year too. So – the dude just needs to get off Twitch and watch more film. <laughs> now, hang, on, for, hang on, I'm, I'm waiting for the Packer fans to realize that the dude streams Twitch like every evening, and that's going to be the reason he's dropping the ball, right? Um, yeah. You'd think with all the video games he plays that he'd have better hand-eye coordination. Yeah, he had sure hands. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew, Either and way, I still laughed at it. I knew it was coming. He, he definitely needs to play better because you know why? Guess who's probably going to be playing soon? We haven't even talked about this. Kylan Hill's been practicing. Kylan it's Hill. possible he'll oh, get yeah. activated tomorrow. And guess what? If he's going to catch the ball, he might get some of those snaps. And he Does he need to be activated ball. this week or next week? To otherwise, oh, is it, is it next week? week? Yeah, yeah I think so. he's close, and he's been practicing. Or so. by next week, rather. Yeah, by we'll see what happens. Week, yep. But but if AJ Dillon doesn't start playing a little bit better, he might start losing some of those snaps to Kylan Hill or Patrick right, Taylor. So, even. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that's a little crazy. 
Um, right, I, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't week? know if he's ready yeah. to take snaps. We're gonna put Amari Rogers in the backfield. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> Somebody said use him like Debo. I said Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's Ty Montgomery <laughs> on a good day. No, no, bro. I'm glad that I missed all those conversations because, like, I've been staying off like social media essentially all week, and I'm just I'm glad I had. Bro, somebody literally said use Amari like Debo, and I said that's it. This phone is going in the river. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's been been a tough week. There's no way the coaching staff would have identified that he's anywhere near Debo by now, right? It's just because he hasn't Mm -hmm. been playing. Oh, right. Watch him come out and catch like eight passes for 97 yards and two touchdowns this week or something. I would love to, bro. I would would love love to. Me yeah. too. Because I was like, was I was kind of high on him coming into the season a little bit. So, Mario Rogers, huh? First star of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the person that Bryant said throw in the trash can because the trend shows he won't do nothing. <laughs> eight Man, I'm right so for far. 88 yards and eight touchdowns. All right. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> All right. So, Simon wanted to talk about the third down offense specifically. Yeah, it just. In our last three losses, <laughs> our third down oh, offense has been so pitiful. They're eight for 32. <laughs> oh, no. That's a oh. clip of 25%. It's, and that, like, we, I think we were, like, going into, like, the fourth game of the season. I think we were pretty up there. We were in, like, the 42 the or 43% yeah, converting like third downs, which is, like which is pretty good. Like, it's, it's a pretty solid number. And then ever since then, it's just been miscues, misfires, drop balls, and just everything under the sun that are easily fixable. And this kind of goes into what you were saying about the offense and playing with more urgency and stuff. And there's got to be a way to fix this. It, It just, it bothers me when I have no faith in our offense to really convert a third down. Especially if we get behind the chains, if we're in a third and long, I'm, I, and that's something I actually kind of now that I'm thinking about it, want to look up is how bad our third down and long offense is. Because I know, huh? Why do you want to do that, that yourself? Because I'm a, I'm a masochist or whatever it is. <laughs> well, I, I hate myself, <laughs> and it bothers me when I look stuff up like this. And oh man, I just. And this is a tough task, especially versus uh, Buffalo's defense, which are number one defense in the league. And they have some powerhouse players on that defense. They're without two of them. Yeah, and and they're without two of them. But Von Miller's been on a tear this year. Like I think a lot of people kind of crapped on the contract they gave him, but he's definitely playing up to that that contract, like big time. And if we get put in a, a third and long situation where Von Miller can just pin his ears back and go after Rodgers, uh, yeah, my faith goes down even lower than Especially it already is. Especially if he's lining up across from Yash Nyman. Yeah, it, he's just – he's killing quarterbacks. And, and good, good on the Bills. Just, he's learning the position, and that's Von Miller. Future yeah. Hall of Famer Von Miller. Yeah. Who's playing like uh, – still playing like a Hall of Famer. It's just it's just Super Bowl disgusting. MVP Von Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He single-handedly won that game for Denver too. 
Shit, he yeah. ended Cam's career, bro. Cam yeah, was not true. the same after that game, man. Yeah, he was seeing Cam. ghosts. Hell yeah, bro. His eyes were real wide the rest of his career. He grew his oh, hair out, man. man. He, he had a whole mental breakdown because of my yeah. uh, He started dressing like a woman. He started looking like he started looking like the grandma from Big or Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, that's that's my thing. It's just this offense has to find a way to convert third downs, though. Like we can't go on the season only converting twenty five percent of our third downs. So what does that have to do with the Bills' rush defense then, Simon? Yeah. So <laughs> once again, the Bills' rushing defense, number one in the league, they're only allowing three point five yards per carry. Number one in the league. league. Seventy. Yeah. Seventy six. And so I, we're sitting here clamoring to give Aaron Jones the ball more. But this is this is gonna be a tough week to do it on. Like if we give yeah, if we give Jones like, you know, fifteen carries or so or you know, fifteen to twenty carries, there might be a possible way where he only gets, you know, 40, 50 yards. Like that defense. You could also break a fifty yarder though. Yeah, I mean, sure. Er, er, yeah, true. And you know, it's 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 just so this defense is gonna be a tough Nut to crack for me. For this it kind offense. of needs to be like the Tampa Bay game, though, and that helps us. Even if it's not effect- as effective as we want it to be, it helps us maintain the time of possession. You mean where Rogers goes perfect in the first half, and then our defense shuts down their offense? Yeah, I'm for it. Sure, I meant that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Do that. Yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> Nick, I will say, you know, outside of this game specifically, I do really like the Bills. I just hope they have their worst game of the season on Sunday night. Um, outside of that, like, by all means, Buffalo have a great season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like so, the Bills as a franchise, as a bunch of players on the team. I really like watching. Yeah. I hope they, I hope they shit the bed this week so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, so I was looking where the trying to find where the Bills defense is possibly vulnerable. Um, you talked about the rushing defense; they're number one in the league. Um, in my opinion, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that. Their offense is so explosive that there we go. Oh, he lives in Buffalo, so that's all. I mean, um, that's awesome. like forty minutes from Green Bay, so I understand yeah. the bias. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you checking us out. By the way, though, um, uh, yeah, man, yeah, thanks for coming on. So, with the Bills' defense trying to find where they're vulnerable, their rushing defense is obviously the best in the league. But I think it's worth noting that so many teams are trying to pass just to keep up with the Bills. Um, So that factors into it because teams aren't going to run as much, which is something the Packers are already doing. So the Packers don't really have to change anything. Um, (laughs) That said, the Bills' defense is vulnerable when their pass rush doesn't get home. Um, if If you can somewhat contain Von Miller and their defensive line, there will be opportunities to pass the ball. Now, I texted you guys this in the group chat this morning, and I'm going to say it here. I don't think the Packers defense needs to hit a deep ball to win this game. Um, Nick said the Bills defense is the the weakness is the safeties. Um, I'm looking in between the linebackers and the safeties. The Packers don't need to like run everything short. They don't need to go for two-yard depth of target passes, but they also don't need to go for Hail Mary four verticals either. 
that intermediate area, that's where the Bills have been vulnerable this year. The Dolphins use that intermediate area. The Chiefs use that intermediate area. That 10 to 15 <clears throat> um, the 10 to 15 yard depth, that's where it seems the Bills are vulnerable. Um, <clears throat> the Bills have also been vulnerable to efficient passing. So you look at the games that they've destroyed people was Matthew Stafford, who threw three interceptions, Kenny Pickett, who was a rookie. <clears throat> but you look at Lamar Jackson, passed efficiently against them. Tua Tagovailoa passed efficiently against them. Um, and then you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, who is obviously Patrick Mahomes. But a, <clears throat> a high completion, intermediate passing, and Baltimore actually did have a little bit of success running the ball against them. Obviously, Lamar Jackson factors into that, but Justice Hill had nine carries for 45 yards against the Bills. That's five yards a carry. So it is possible to run the ball on the Bills. It just hasn't been done because teams are trying to um, keep up with them. Because teams are trying to keep up with the Bills. Um, so my thought is to potentially take the ball first. Take the ball first and get ahead of the Bills so that you don't feel like you have to pass to keep up with them. If you can make the Bills keep up with you instead of vice versa and maybe kind of throw off their, you know, their game script of, you know, they're used to being ahead because their offense is so great. If you can kind of put them behind the eight ball a little bit. So I'm thinking maybe the Packers take the ball first. Like I mentioned with their touchdowns, the Packers have been good early in games and when they're having a sense of urgency. So maybe start the game with the ball and go get a touchdown and make the Bills play from behind. Um, yeah, Nick, it's hard. It's it's hard finding things with a bad uh, um, defense. But yeah. um, they are 11th in passing yards allowed. Um, that's pretty much due to the fact that teams are passing on them so much. So there's opportunity. So I'm looking at the intermediate passing um, and mixing in the run. So. <clears throat> the Bills, Bills play do play a ton of time. songs. The receivers just have to be on it. Cobb would be Cobb would eat this game because he knows so how we, to find the soft spot in the zone. So the thing mm -hmm. is, and they've talked about this before, is that a lot of player teams they do play a lot of zone, but when it comes to when they come in, they change the way they play the Packers because they know who was it two weeks ago they changed up to playing a bunch of man against us. Uh, the Jets, uh, the Giant, are the Giants? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They changed up to playing man oh, the, yeah, against the wide receiver instead of not going zone because they know we're struggling with man to man. We have right no now. deep threat. They have exactly. no reason to respect our speed. So, they have yeah, no reason to do that. But kind of like Tyler said, my my matchup I'm watching too is Rodgers versus secondary and the, the dink and dunk. Like if we can dink and dunk and hold the ball, we'll be in good position. Uh, well, I think we can keep it. Try to keep it close. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah, so for me, I mean, Brian, did you want to talk about um, did you want to talk about what the offense has to do with the first and second half defense, or do you want to do that when we talk about the defense? No, I can do that now. Um, yeah, okay. well, so this is I, this is something that a lot of people have been kind of ragging on the defense, but I'm sorry, like they when they consistently see that the offense isn't doing anything, it's wearing them down. They're on the field, so the first two games of the season. The defense gave up more points in the first half than they did in the second. 
And there's a reason to that, right? So the first game, we were down 20 nothing, and Vikings kind of took their foot off the pedal. Um, so they allowed 17 points in the first half, six in the second half. Against Chicago, they allowed the seven points in the first half and only three in the second half. That's because Chicago at that point – I mean, Justin Fields and stuff played a pretty good game this last weekend, or this last um, – yeah, Monday night. But they were struggling mightily at that time. Like He had like less than 100 yards passing, so we only gave up three points in the second half. But we were also up 21-7. to seven. Um, So since then, here's the, the lines. Against Tampa Bay, the defense gave up three points in the first half, nine in the second half. We held on to win that game. Against New England, three points in the first half, 14 in the second half. Against the Giants, 10 points in the first half, 17 in the second half. Against the Jets, three points again in the first half, 24 in the second half. And then um, against Washington, 10 points in the first half, 13 points in the second half. So, so for on the season, they've um, given them up 53 points in the first half, with the 17 from the Vikings being the only time that any they've given up more than 10 in the first half of a game to – 86 points in the second half so they're just getting like this offense needs to do something and the one kind of outlier is new england right our offense was scoring in the second half and but we were also giving up points the other games against the giants we didn't do anything well we had two points in the second half and that was on a safety that they gave us the jets we didn't do that the jets we had like one touchdown in the second half washington we did nothing really in the second half again so bye tyler um, yeah, so that's the issue is I think our defense is just getting tired and like they're probably getting unmotivated because they're like, man, is this like they feel like they have to score a touchdown. But that that goes back to my third and out, uh, three yeah. and out. Like exactly. if, you, if you can't sit here and convert third downs, at least on a semi-consistent basis, your defense is right back out there. Yeah. And I think for this game in particular, even if we don't score on drives, we need to sustain some drives and we need to allow our punter to pin them deep and make them go the length of the field, which they can. This team, it can go. I mean, Gabe Davis can take a they touchdown. Can do it. They yards. can do everything. They can do it quickly, but you got to make them do it. You cannot give them, we cannot allow them to have short fields. So, like, for your point, Simon, like the defense, the offense needs to help the defense. This, this defense doesn't feel like they're getting any support. It shouldn't be a negative that are, like almost a negative and throw us off, off what we were doing because our defense scored a touchdown that should pump up the offense and be like, let's go. But it turned into a negative. Like we didn't score again until the fourth quarter after that. Right. If I'm not mistaken. So it's just, it's disgusting. Nick said the the Bills don't change anything. He said they feel so comfortable with their defense. They'll bet money the Bills are going to play too high safety the entire game. Um, what does that sound like to you guys about a team that's comfortable and doesn't want to change things? Just like the Packers, but we suck at it. <laughs> but we finally changed something in the last two games, and I'll talk we about did. what that's two games in a row. Yeah, so. All right, so does anybody else have anything they want to say about the Packers' offense against Buffalo's defense? Uh, I'm going to cry a lot Saturday night to get it out before the game. <laughs> going to go into the game. No, I think so Brian already mentioned the matchup that he's watching. For me, I'm watching Romeo Dobbs basically against the Bills' defense. Um, I want to see if Romeo Dobbs can get in that intermediate area, that 10 to 15 yards – um, depth of target he doesn't need to have the blazing downfield speed but if he can get behind the linebackers in front of the safeties um, I'm hoping this can be another big game for Romeo Dobbs um, Jake what matchup are you watching on offense 
Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Um, everything leading up to this game, everything during the season that has happened, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers is the is the key, and you know he's that type of guy that when you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, and just just when you just when you want to count him out. That's when he comes back and he reminds the world why he's a four-time motherfucking MVP, okay? Josh Allen, probably the leading candidate for MVP at this point, I would think. Um, oh, and Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that uh, he's going he's gonna to remind the world why he's a four-time MVP. All right, Simon, <clears throat> what matchup are you watching? Uh, so I'm – because I'm watching the inside linebackers – Versus Josh Allen, um, he no, no, no. wait offense. what? Oh, offense! Oh shoot! I'm sorry. I was, Easy. Look what, Easy. Look what I sent. Look what I sent in chat, <laughs> and you'll see why I got distracted. <laughs> oh, what? Um, <laughs> If you look at Pat O'Donnell's picture on ESPN, it's like it looks. No, like, it's not, that's on PFF. Like, that's on PFF. Oh, it's on. Okay. Yeah, look at Pat O'Donnell's picture on PFF. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I don't know. I don't either. How do they match? I'll pull it up so people can see what we're laughing at. That's Pat O'Donnell. <laughs> That's funny. I oh sorry. Uh, so back to so offensively, uh, I'm looking at a wide receivers. Uh, I'm hoping. Huh? It looks like an offensive lineman. Yeah, he, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, he ate paddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the I got the receivers without Lazard, who's been, I think, pretty reliable this year outside of a couple drops. Um, but he's he's been at least our most consistent producing receiver. Um, he's sitting out, Cobb's out on IR. Uh, Watkins um, has been very. I mean, he's he hasn't really been on the field too, or like he hasn't produced much. So I'm really looking at these young wide receivers, and I'm like you guys have been kind of clamoring for Toure. I think this is the week where he can get he can get on the field a little bit more and show show us something. There's got to be some sort of spark from somebody, and I'm hoping Dobbs has a really nice game. That way he kind of gets that confidence back. Because ever since Tampa Bay, where he had that really, really nice game, he's been sort of quiet and even on sort of the negative end of the spectrum where, you know, he had those drops or, yeah. So He got on the defense's radar. That's what happened. Yeah, maybe so. But I'm hoping hoping he gets his swag back. All right. Maybe he can sit with Jair a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's go to the Packers' glasses. defense against the Buffalo offense. Um, we all know what Buffalo's offense is capable of, but I'm going to let Jake start and talk about Devontae Wyatt. So last week when I was watching the game, um, and my key last week was for the defense to get their swag back. And one way you do that is you play with high energy and you just force the issue, right? Um, obviously being opportunistic is something that can get brought into this forcing turnovers. We've all talked about it. They come in bunches. Packers have talked about it. I loved Devontae Wyatt's motor in this game. And I think early it was rubbing off on the, on the team. And then I didn't see him play a lot, a lot later, 
But one thing I did see is something that I talked about, and I wanted to beat my chest about this, is Wyatt and TJ Slayton were the two down linemen a couple times. And I was like, hell yeah, man. Put that beef in there. That's what I like to see. I um, thought he was going to kill Heineke on the one time he hit him. Was that? I thought so, was too. Was that this game? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe he got up. I thought he was – that was early he, in the game, he, too. He yeah. landed on him. But there was there was a couple plays. There was one play where – and this talks about uh, – Eric Stokes bad run defense, but Eric, Eric Stokes was getting pushed, and I all the only thing I see is a three hundred and twenty pound man just running his ass off forty yards down the field, and I'm like, I absolutely love every bit of this because he's a guy that wanted to take snaps from other people, but it's like this guy is hustling, he's playing hard, and he's trying to prove that he's a leader on this team even as a rookie. So I want him to get on the field more. I think oh, his yeah. energy can can be infectious. Maybe it was Brian Robinson. I watched him just demolish some. It was either Robinson or Heineke. Just absolutely destroyed. I don't so. remember who it was either, but I know that he laid his big giant ass on top of him, and I was like, "That doesn't <laughs> feel good." And I don't give a shit what you say after the game because that hurts. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Simon wanted to talk about the inside linebackers against Josh Allen specifically. Oh boy. So now we're on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, so it's I'm gonna going be... by levels. So Bryant is going to be next to talk about the secondary. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a Quay Walker, um, Campbell, and I, I feel like Campbell's like we talked about him being a star and stuff. He's he's put together a couple of nice games in a row or a few now, um, where it's it's seeming like he's ter- returning back to this you know 2022 Devondre Campbell, and we just talked about Quay probably having his best game of the season. Uh, these guys have a tough task in keeping Josh Allen from running the ball. He is a big dude. He's like, what, 6'4", 230, just a monstrous dude. So he's like the size of a linebacker already. Um, and he he's he averaging – what would you say? <laughs> he looks for I said he does not shy away from contact. Oh, he no, not at all. He didn't run out of bounds. Yeah. So he averaged, he's averaging like 40, uh, 44, 42 yards a game um, rushing. And he always, he's always a threat in the red zone to push the ball on himself. Um, he's their leading rusher. What was I looking at? Yeah. He's the leading rusher for the team, which I mean, I'm not really surprised. But ever since his rookie year, he has eight nine, eight, six, and he has two throughout this season. So he's on pace for about six touchdowns rushing. Um, so you can't count him out um, to, you know, get the fir- go and get the first down himself. So yeah, I think Jacob that's a really good match. I would have much rather had the Bills land McCaffrey than the 49ers. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Bryant, talk about the secondary. We'll keep going levels. Yeah. So just to talk about them a little bit more. I like the fact that I've been playing aggressive. Um, the first five games of the season, seven total passes defended. Weight, like, worse in the league. Now, two weeks ago, five. This last week, six passes defense. So they've almost matched their season total, essentially, going into the last two games. So, and the, we just need to secure some of those ball uh, catches. And, and Josh Allen does throw some balls that can be intercepted. Um, he has four on the year. Not a crazy amount, but... Um, Bills will as much – they have 10 interceptions, but their turnover difference is only, like, plus three on the year. They'll turn the ball over some. They have, like, six fumbles and um, three or three or four inter- four interceptions thrown. 
So there'll be chances if we, this can't be like last week. I mean, last week shouldn't have been like last week either. You got to catch those. But if we have any chance of catching the, or beating this team, like if the ball hits you in the hands or even like what Devondra Campbell did, you need to make that play. Like we're going to need someone to step up and make those plays. So I just love the fact that the secondary has um, been more aggressive. Look, Eric Stokes has been struggling a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if we can see Douglas on the outside a little more. I don't know that this, that would happen this week anyway because the person that we would have at slot, unless we're going to put Jaw in slot or uh, let Stokes give it a go because he's quicker, which you're not going to because he won't he won't tackle, right? Shamar Jean Charles is out, so um, we'll see what happens. Um, but in it, Packer fans watching this, look, we're gonna probably going to be – the same thing. Who? Keyshawn Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that's, maybe, you know, I'm not saying take Stokes off the field because he needs to keep playing. Like he is part of our future, but he just needs to be more willing to tackle. Like if he's jogging to the ball, like what is he doing? It's not like we've been tackling. Like this seems to be an 11 person effort. So it'll be interesting. And we're going to get beat deep this game. I can guarantee it. Like this is a, a hugely explosive offense. Like they have two wide receivers that will beat you deep. And then they have Dawson Knox, who can run up the seam very well as well, or easily as well. So is he playing? I think he was out. Yeah, last he's playing. Week. No, he's playing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the, we'll probably get BD, but that's fine with me if if we're around the ball and if we get a chance to make a play, make the play. But yeah, I like the fact that we've been more aggressive. I'm gonna say something about those deep passes when I get to my key to victory. So put a pin in that because we're gonna come back to it. Um. I want to talk about the defense as a whole because. I've seen so many fire Joe Barry posts and comments, and I wanted to look into if the defense was actually that bad that it is warranting those types of comments. And what I've found is I don't think so. Um, So going off of an assessment that I don't think is unfair is that people would say the Packers offense has been bad. They've scored 14 touchdowns. Now, the defense has only allowed 13 touchdowns. So what does that say? If the Packers offense is bad for only scoring 13, but the defense or the for scoring 14, but the defense has only allowed 13, they've also allowed 14 field goals, so they've allowed 27 scoring plays, but only allowed 13 touchdowns through 7 games. So it's less than 2 touchdowns a game. I mean, like I said, when I was talking about too, like since week three, there's been three times that we've only given up three points in the first half, and since and since week two, we have our excuse me, since week three, we've only given up the most we've given up in the half is ten in the first half. So, so Packers are fourteen. The Packers are fourteenth in points per game, opponent points per game. It's better than Kansas City. It's better than the Chargers. It's better than the Rams. It's better than Tennessee. Better than Baltimore. Um, they're allowing 2.6 red zone scoring attempts per game, only allowing 1.1 uh, scores, which is touchdowns only. It doesn't count field goals. Um, they're fifth in the NFL um, in that category. They're sixth in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. That is a huge leap from last year where they didn't get their first red zone stop until like week seven. Yep, we played Washington and they went 0-4. They went 0-4 in the red zone against Washington did that game. Six in red zone touchdown percentage. That is, that's actually a stat that I was surprised by and very pleased with. 
Then we get into uh, this is rough, and this plays into Brian's point really well. The Packers are fifth in first half points per game, and they're twenty third in second half points per game. Mm. Therein lies the disparity. Yeah. And I think all of the, the the fire Joe Perry people leave their emotions only on the second halves and not on the entire game. When the defense is tired because the offensive has not been doing anything all game. So okay. they're still allowing a lot of rushing yards. They're 27th in the NFL in rushing yards. Um, they're first in passing yards. So they're eighth total in yards. Um, but if it's not leading to touchdowns, like I don't care about yards, honestly. Um, if you want to, if you want to drive from the one yard line to the one yard line and kick a field goal, cool. I would take like, that all day. Exactly. Like yep. rack up as many yards as you want. If it doesn't lead to touchdowns, cool. Like, you know, it's obviously like I would choose to have a turnover on every single opponent possession, but that's not, not realistic. Neither is expecting a team to shut out the opponent every single game. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, give a bunch of yards and then let them kick three every time they touch the ball. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not taking it to that extreme of, oh, you don't want to let them score any points. It's like it's like when we muff a punt and you only allow a field goal off it when they're at like the 10-yard line or whatever. Like, you take those <coughs> every day of the week. I right. mean, yeah, I you prefer a turnover, yeah. but – when the field, when the defense only allows a three off of that, you take that every day of the week. And that's happened at least like oh, three or four times. This not yeah. not the muff pump, but there's but been like three or four times this season that have we've given like they're in scoring range and we've stopped them from scoring a touchdown. Yep. So you can so, easily take some of those points away from the defense too. So some of the other things too. Packers are second in third down conversions per game. <clears throat> third in third down conversion percentage which is a great thing to be leading the league in or near the top three in the league. And this, they're number 12 in yards per play. All things considered, like the Packers haven't really given up a ton of big plays. Like they've given up some, but not a lot. They really haven't given up a lot of big plays. Maybe one a game, if that. So, you know, there's... There's reason for optimism with this defense, in my opinion, and none of it should lead to Joel Berry being fired. Um, the last thing that I have with the defense is their 30th in takeaways. Um, <clears throat> they were ninth in that category in 2021. If the Packers can get back to the takeaways like they did last year, I think this defense will become what we thought it could be coming into this season. I think if the offense can support them more, they'll they'll push it more. If, if they can start creating some turnovers, I don't helps. think we want a turnover. I don't think we want a turnover battle the entire season. We've either draw, it's been a tie like this last week, or we've lost it. I can't remember a game we want a turnover battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Tampa there Bay hasn't was been tied as well. Fact, yeah, yeah, we just had two. two fumbles. All right, so I'm gonna. Look- Go to Jake before we get to our matchups. Um, Jake wanted to talk about Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst. All right, finally my time to shine. I like it. So, Tyler talked earlier about playing up tempo, and yes, I have been asking for that because I believe Rodgers is great when he's able to go no huddle. 
Uh, the thing that kind of stops that, though, is, you know, he talked about mental errors. Not being able to just give a sign or and have the guy run the right route might be something that stops it. But the part I want to talk about with Matt LaFleur is he has to get the plays in early, and this is something that's been talked about forever. And you have to allow Rodgers to control the tempo of the game, not just go up-tempo. Maybe sometimes he wants to huddle up quick. But in basketball, all the great point guards that come in the league and what the rookies have to learn and why they struggle is they have to get up to the tempo of the game. A great point guard, Chris Paul, is the best example. This is why he's called the point guard. He can push the ball when he needs to push the ball. He can slow the game down. He can run a play when it's time to run a play. You have to allow Rodgers to be the point guard on the field and allow him to do what he does best. And Tyler talked about getting the 12 men on the field. Yeah, get call two plays, let Rodgers do his thing, and just let him control the game. That is that is all I'm asking for because he can do that. And he can, can he can take over a game, honestly, if you just allow him to do that. Um, the thing I want to talk about Goot is he put himself in this position. And... God, I'm just so sick and tired of not making moves. And this is really the first year that I've honestly felt like this. Like, on my daughter's life, this is the first year I've, I've ever felt like this. Like, the last couple of years, I was kind of like, yeah, if we don't make a move, I feel comfortable. I'm good. I think our team's good enough to go make a run in the playoffs. This year, giving that contract to Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, because you pay a back-to-back MVP, okay? That was absolutely the right move. Um, you pay a guy that's given you 17 years of his life. The best 17 years of his athletic life. You pay that man. And he's put himself in this position by giving, by keeping the window cracked. I think our Super Bowl window is cracked. It is not wide open anymore like it used to be. But it's like this. You have yeah, to make a move for a wide receiver. <laughs> a slight breeze. But with Aaron Rodgers, you only need a slight breeze, to be, to be completely fair. Um, I think you have to go make a move. If that's giving up a second rounder, like that's what the Steelers are asking for for Claypool now, give them a second rounder. That's that's what I heard. I heard that if they get a second yeah, rounder, I that's saw what that too. For I don't personally. I wouldn't give a second rounder for Claypool. I, I absolutely would give a second rounder for Claypool to play to play this. He first of all, he's reliable. He can go deep and he catches the damn ball. I don't we think I'd took, call him we, reliable. I really yeah, don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd call him reliable either. He, My re- reliable meaning he's on the field. But, He's on the field. He dresses and everyone's every like, game. "Well, DJ, look at DJ Moore's contract. Well, guess what? He's 25 years old. He would be a number one wide receiver first for a little bit. That's pretty oh, much market he'd, value." He'd be I, agree I, with I, don't, I don't care about I, the contracts of yeah, these guys. I want the player. He's a good either. player. Yeah. And I agree with you, Jake. Here, and it's just like this is me, my pessimism coming out a little bit, but it's like I'm, it's almost like I feel like they're holding off to because I, if we fall to three and five, then they can be like, "Well, there was no, you know, we didn't feel like we." We're in the position to make a move because we haven't had, you know, we're not where we want to be. Or some, I don't, some, I don't some crap that's going to come out like going that. into Buffalo like, ten and a half point underdogs. So I, I really don't it, think it matters just, whether you're three and five or four and four. Yeah, but why went? Why not make the move this week? If they're are they waiting for the price to change? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying oh they should have went and got Tony and everyone's like freaking out or they should have went. No. Who was it like? I, yeah, I did not. Out. I didn't. So, like, no interest in Canarius Tony. Nope. Like when when CMC got changed traded to San Francisco, people started freaking out. When Eagles got him either. <laughs> when the Eagles got Robert Quinn, everyone started freaking out. Guess what? There was no chance for Robert Robert James Robinson. I yeah, told you that was gonna happen too. Yeah, and so, I finally I saw somebody do it. I took the screenshot and I'm like, it was like two minutes later too. It was like I two do minutes agree. later. 
I do agree with the sentiment that it's hard to watch as Packer fans when we feel like we've been really close that like last year it came out that we lowballed OBJ. Don't get me wrong, I think he always wanted to be in LA, but I think if he's on our team, we probably we probably Oh, we're gonna win the Super Bowl if we get OBJ. I don't know that we're even if we're gonna win it, but we're gonna make that game. I feel like we oh, we're win, winning the Super Bowl. You know, a couple of years back. So it just we win the Super Bowl. Yeah, or last year or whatever. It just kills me. Like I do want to see us make a move. And I don't want to see us do anything stupid. I would love DJ Moore. I get the, you know, people want, I know Tyler really loves Brandon Cooks, but his contract is pretty disgusting for a 30 year old. Yeah, that's hard. And I don't know how much they would eat, but I just like, I do agree with the sentiment with the fans. It's like, can we just do something like that shows that we're, we, it's always, you know, we're in conversations, which is great, but eventually it's like pull the trigger on something. I I mentioned this to Cody too, is like, I think the Packers would be, or well, Houston or something, or who else were we discussing? Uh, one of the lower end teams is we would be able to give a, a higher pick, and they would eat a lot of that contract cap. because oh, uh, for Judy, they were talking about Judy because yep. depending That's on what I wanted to bring up, yeah, I think we could give up a higher pick than yep. we would normally would for them to eat part of that contract because they're going to want the higher pick for next year. For I'm sorry, but. It would. I want to get nuts. So, yeah. and this is part of just me having fun with with the idea of it. But offer a package of picks to the Broncos for Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb. Get super nuts. Yeah. If you really, uh, want you to know, I'd be okay. Own, I like Bradley Chubb. I think I do think we overvalue our picks too much at at certain points. It's like, no, I really want my seventh round pick or my fifth round pick or my third round pick. That's going to be a bust anyway. Like, at what point do we do just do something? Like, and I get it. It's just hard to watch, and it's probably it's probably hard for the team to watch too. It's probably hard for Aaron Rodgers to watch. And be like, oh look at some uh, even if he doesn't agree or thinks Tony is good, it's like, oh look, they they made a move for Patrick Mahomes. I will say on like a more devil's advocate point is it is incredibly tough to make trades in the NFL. But teams do it every year other than Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton talked about it, but he said there's, there's teams that will give up and there's teams that, that that are harder to trade for than others. Yeah. And, and that, that's part of it. And, oh man, I lost my train of thought now that you just said that. Sorry. sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, It's, it happens. Um, but that's just like, that's the other thing is too, is like people make it seem like it's just, you call the team be like, Hey, I'll give you this. And they're just going to accept it. And there's a lot more bargaining. There's a lot that goes into the contracts and there's a lot that goes into figure out contract numbers. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot to do where it's just, and people think that like, he's just sitting on his thumb up in his office when I guarantee that's not the case. I know, but eventually he needs to pull the thumb on and actually make the move. (laughs) Like, even before the season, like, knowing that Marquise Brown went for what he did or A.J. Brown is the one that really kills me because what we ended up – and don't get me wrong, I'm still hopeful that Christian Watts will turn out, and I get it that they had to pay A.J. Brown. But it was almost like the same value. We could have probably got him around for what we traded up to get Christian Watson. And, like, it's just – at what point do we make the move? You know what I mean? I, I said it when that trade happened. I, I said I would have traded Devontae Adams straight up for A.J. Brown if I could have because of the age difference. So it's just I wish – I just I, – I want him to do something that's actually meaningful. I don't want him to trade a seventh-round pick for think, Nelson Aguilar. Now yeah. that's what's going to happen. Watch. But yeah, that's, like, that's what I, I said. Just if you call that, bro, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't think if Chase Claypool yeah. is a needle mover. That that's if the thing not, too. Part of the reason yeah. I if it's not watch. Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, or DJ Moore, I don't think Tyler Lockett's moving anywhere because Seattle's playing so well. I don't like right. at that point. I'm just like probably don't make the move. I guess. Or it's pretty man, much dude. DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, and Jerry Judy are the three that I'm looking yeah. at. I think for us too is um, as we sit here and we kind of maybe I don't want to say criticize our fan base a little bit too is like you're never gonna have a fan base that's happy with the move it, right. unless we get like a disgustingly cheap deal. Unless we fleece some, yeah. Unless we fleece someone like we did in Seattle in the draft a few. Then years someone ago. will still complain that it. Yeah, someone will still complain. So I, I think that's something that we have to think of too. Uh, as we as the trade deadline approaches and maybe we get someone. Um, I think that's part of the benefit of us giving four different perspectives on things too. Yeah. So um, Yeah, and everyone should be Jacksonville so, fans this weekend. Like everyone should want Denver to lose because that yeah. makes them more likely to move those players, right? Yeah. Well so. I'll tell you this. I think those wide receivers want to leave because Russ is walking to practice with sunglasses and headphones on. I'm like, bro, do you understand you suck ass right now? No. He was, Take your sunglasses off. Hey, he was working out. He's the guy that wears sunglasses or high in the club. The airplane, like okay. you're weird, bro. You're weird. <laughs> hey, Broncos country. That's right. That's right. Did you see the Ravens last night? They were they were trolling. They were trolling. Um, they said they said Ravens. Let's let flock, flock. or something like yeah, that. Flock. Yeah, yeah. Ravens. Let's it, flock. Justin, it was Justin Tucker on the plane. Justin Tucker, oh, hilarious. Man. Dude, he's he's so funny, dude. He's gonna be the next Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the Packers defense against the Buffalo offense, I am watching Quay Walker against Josh Allen. Uh, this is gonna be a theme for me. But um, Simon, what's the matchup that you're watching? Uh, yeah, that was probably mine too. Okay. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Right. Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? Watching the D-line versus the Bills O-line. Um, we have to establish the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball, establish physicality. Um, do not let Josh Allen create the run lanes by himself. Uh, keep him keep him in the pocket, I think. Uh, you treat Josh Allen like Prime Rogers, except he's gigantic. Uh, you let him get outside of the pocket, and you're probably in trouble 90% of the time because he could sling that ball all the way across the field. He could throw it deep. He could throw it, you know, other side of the field. He could run. He jumps over you. He runs you over. He does whatever the hell he wants once he gets outside of that pocket. So keep him in the pocket. Keep him hemmed in. Uh, do not let those running backs, uh, you know, create a running game. The running backs will put the ball on the floor. They have a cook on their team. Those boys like to fumble for some reason. I don't know what that's about. But get pressure and force Allen to make some tough decisions, man. That that could be key. Uh, the best news that came from this week from the injury report was Rashawn Gary. That is going to be the key this week. This could be this could legit be the game. Sunday night football, Packers, you know, all the writings on the wall. This could be the game where Rashawn Gary establishes himself as a fucking superstar. We're talking about fair. Von Miller. That's all I'm saying. Brian, what's the matchup you're watching? Well, since Jake had to keep talking until he got to my matchup of Rashawn <laughs> Gary versus the backup tackle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I, I literally wrote that like, Rashawn Gary versus backup tackle. And for us to win this game, he needs to be a game record. Like, that's it. Like, he needs to 
like sack force fumble that gets, you know, recovered for a touchdown. Um, my secondary one would be the secondary. If we can slow down that passing game a little bit, you've seen the bills, not like running the ball a lot. They want to throw the ball. They want to score quick. They want to be that quick team. Kind of like green Bay. Like kind of like, what'd you say? 63 times. Yeah. So like, if kind of like where Green Bay is like, they want to throw the ball all the time. And, and like, if it's not working, we're screwed. Like if we can get them to slow down on throwing the ball and we force them to run the ball and try to beat our offense, our defensive line, and hopefully they show up, then I think that's the key. But uh, for sure it'll be Rashawn Gary. Like if he can become a game record and cause a turnover and some quick throws and stuff, or that's We need it to be honest. All right, Jake, what's the weather going to be like? All right. Well, from from weather report they say considerable cloudiness occasional rain showers later at night winds south southeast at five to ten miles per hour chance of rain 50 percent. it sounds murky it sounds ugly and i don't know i like that weather for for a packers team that's struggling to get i would yards. say that but we've had that weather a few times this year already and it really hasn't turned out all that great god damn it bryant we need your Positive around here, you son of a bitch. Yes, we're, yes, we're, the rain's <laughs> gonna cause them to fumble seventeen times. You don't know. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's my bold prediction. I was gonna say I can't wait for that to be in your Simon says. Um, <laughs> so I've been waiting to get this out because we've we've tiptoed around this, and I'm gonna start with my key to victory. My key to victory is attack the football, and this is in every aspect. Um, and as it pertains to the defense, Josh Allen, he's had some fumbles when he's stuck around in the pocket because he's always looking to get the ball out because he's a playmaker. So he's looking to make plays when he runs with the ball. He's not usually a tuck and run guy. He's, he's dangling that thing out there. So attack the ball as you're attacking Josh Allen to try to tackle him, which is, you know, it's tough to do, but swat at the ball. Try to get Josh Allen to fumble in addition to their running backs. And now here is where I really want to see the Packers attack the ball is when Josh Allen takes his deep threats. Because in watching uh, what Buffalo has done through their first six games, it's it's kind of scary. Josh Allen has left some of his receivers out to dry. Like, there were a couple plays on the sideline where I was like, oh, my God, he could have just gotten his receiver absolutely killed because he's, he's like, he's got the arm talent. Like, Josh Allen is amazing. But he's thrown some balls that could have gotten his receivers just absolutely annihilated. But guys are looking at the players, and they're looking, you know, at the sideline and not at the ball. Go attack the ball is what I'm looking for. <laughs> From the Packers, so that's my key to victory. Simon, what's your key to victory? Uh, yeah, just become a more fluid offense. Cut the cut the penalties down to a bare minimum. Don't set yourself behind the the chains and catch some third downs. Got to start converting on some of these at least. Everything else will fall hey. into place a little bit. Jake, what's your key to victory? My key to victory comes with a stat. Last year, play action under center. The Green Bay Packers 
ran play action under center 67% of the time. This year, play action under center, 40%. That's a massive drop. So with running the ball, we talk about the limited running and the amount of times they pass. You cannot successfully run the damn ball in shotgun. You just can't. It's not sustainable. Um, You can only really run a couple variations of run. I mean, you can run a draw, you can run inside zone, and you can run sweeps. But there's just – uh, uh, you know, it's just like one of those moments. There's just an art to running the ball under center. You know, it's just old school and it just works. That's why it's old school because it works, right? So I think get under center. I think let, uh, like I said before, combine my Matt LaFleur uh, criticism with Rodgers. Get him under center. Let him run the offense. Let him control the tempo. I think we'll be okay. And play action under center. I think, you know, getting those tight ends flowing attacking them horizontally before we attack them vertically would be something that's very important. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, Matt said Rodgers could be the best play action quarterback of all time, but he's too prideful and that thumb has become a problem. I don't agree with the last part of that, but he's definitely a play action wizard. Um, Brian, what is your key to victory? So my key to victory is just to win the time of possession battle and win the turnover battle. I know I sound like a, I'm beating a dead horse here, but like we haven't done it this year. And so maybe that would, you know, lead to a victory, right? So if we can, we need to, we need to maintain the ball. And even, you know, like I said to Simon earlier, even if we, some of those drives don't result in points, we just need to, we need to possess the ball. So time of possession and winning the turnover battle. If we can, if like, this would be like one of those games, this game kind of, I mean, the records are vastly different, but for this, for me, this kind of feels like the game against Arizona last year where we went in there and no one expected us to win because of the wide receivers were out and everything like – and we just – our defense out. played well. They were undefeated. Yeah, they're undefeated. So I just – like we need to play like we haven't played all year. We need to win the time of possession. We need to maintain the ball, and we need – if we can win the turnover battle. The other thing I wrote down was prayer – but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to try. So the other thing during that, uh, now that you're talking about that game, is I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones have like 30-some touches. Yeah, I, I have the stat. I was, was waiting for somebody to bring it up. 38? It was 38. And 38? Jones led, all, Jones led all players with 11 targets. Packers forced three turnovers and held the ball for 38 minutes. Yeah. And there you go. That's we dominated that game. game. It's the type of game we need. So, yeah, we dominated that game, and Randall Cobb was all right. So Bryant has probably twelve. Simon says this week. Yes, um, exactly. Someone let Bryant go first. From the Simon says, I think you said twelve last two week. I think we're at like fifteen now. <laughs> okay. So my first one is Rogers throws for more yards and touchdowns than Allen. Oh, oh no! Nope. <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> Probably could have left that one off the list. Just <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to say it in case it happens. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll now it's on video. Want... Now it's on video. Yeah, we no, just cut a... that clip out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're out on 55. I want to say that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw 69 touchdowns and 68 of them are going to be to Amari Rodgers. I just want to get that on video. <laughs> Jake, give me your first, Simon says. Two touchdowns for Aaron Jones. Yeah, sure. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that one. I think you're going to like right. all mine except the last one. Yeah, I probably won't like a lot of them. All right, Bryant, go again. 
So just to be clear, my Simon says is this week are pretty much what I think needs to happen for us to win. So my <laughs> second one, <laughs> my second one is Packers defense forces three turnovers. No, it's so hard. I want to actually see. Yeah. No, maybe a special team from up or something. I think that's possible. I might, I might give that one like a, like a mid thumb up. Um, Jake, how many you got? Okay, give another one. All right. One and a half sacks for Gary. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I knew you'd like that one. Yeah, that one, one. Like the, Bills that one. Have, the Bills have only given up nine sacks on the year. Rashawn Gary is an animal, bro. He is an animal. Is he an animal or are the Bills only giving up nine sacks? Which one are you picking? <laughs> both. They're both, both animals. <laughs> I want both. Both of them. <laughs> All right, so mine mine ties in with my matchup that I'm watching on defense is that Quay Walker has 14 tackles and a pass defense. Ooh, wow. I'm going to say no, but (laughs) that's not that bad, actually. It's not that bad. 14 combined, right? What's that? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's a tough one. That's close. I, I must just say thumbs down, but I don't think that's that bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> say no. My last Brian, one. Give me your last one. The Packers run some sort of trick play this game. Be oh. a fake punt, hail mary. <laughs> See how bad it's like bad that, that he has to laugh because he knows how rare it is for the Packers <laughs> to do that ever. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time we ran a trip. I don't play. either. I feel like this if is the Randall type of game Cobb where was healthy and you could run like a like a wide receiver screen and then a Randall Cobb pass. I want to see a Hail Mary to or a flea flicker to Christian Watson or something. Oh, but boy. what I'm saying is I feel like this is the type of game Green Bay has to like do something they haven't shown on tape yet to even try to trick this team at all. Like and Jake, to Jake's point, like running a lot more, you know, under center play action or something. They have to change it up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I just uh, I don't see Matt LaFleur just pulling out a trick against a disciplined team like the Buffalo Bills on defense. I think they're still that's, that's a little a too concerned one. about their getting their execution right. Yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of at with play. that one. All right, Jake. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fun, All right, just put your thumb down because I already know what you're gonna say. Jair holds digs to under 70 yards. Oh, that's not that bad. I, I thought you would I hate it. Would, I thought no, you would hate it. I don't hate that. I thought you would hate it. Okay. I, I, I thought it was Jair's tough. been playing some decent ball in man coverage. And okay. even last game versus McLaurin, uh, this is a corner PFF. Terry in the first half. Yeah. He. It was 67 yards, I believe. So I, I'm gonna go thumbs up. I think that's very possible. I, and the only I the other reason too, really I, I think Gabe Davis is gonna have a huge game. I hate saying that, but I think <laughs> I think I think he's gonna have a big game. I could see I him, and that was gonna that was kind of gonna be mine too. Now that I was thinking about it, Gabe Davis has more receiving yards than Stephon Diggs. Yes or no? I'd say yes. 
Because I think he's yeah, got to. I, I think he's, he's going to get more. Do it I think he's going to get more snaps against Eric Stokes, who has just not been playing all that well. Yeah, I think he I'm will at. get more targets, but I think Diggs will get more catches. That's oh, I don't think he's going to get more targets. I don't think that's happened one time this year. Gabe no? Davis just have more yards. No, I, yeah, Gabe I Davis is averaging like six, seven for Diggs, but more yards for Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. This will be this will be an interesting segment. Um, Jake, I'm going to you first. Give me your score prediction from the head. 38-24, Buffalo. All right, Brian, give me you yours. Say eight to twenty-four. Thirty-eight twenty-four. Yeah, 38. I said for my mind from the head, and I never do this. This will be oh wait, that's for the hard segment. But I have the Bills thirty-one, the Packers fourteen. Simon, thirty-five to thirteen. <laughs> I think we get smacked went, too. <laughs> I went thirty-one to twenty-three. All right, let's switch to the heart. This will be fun. Jake, give me your prediction from the heart. I have twenty-four twenty Bills. All right, you just jumped to me because that's exactly what I have: twenty-four to twenty <laughs> Bills. And okay. for me, I would feel like I hate like. I'm not going to be happy if we lose it. I, I can't be like, I'm too passionate of a fan, but like after I like decompress, like if there's a chance that we have the ball at the end of this game to win the game, even if we don't pull it off, I'll probably feel like, Hey, we just like, if we say, say the final score is 24 to 20, think about that. Bills just went into Kansas city and won 24 to 20. If we could go into Buffalo and only, and keep it close and keep it a game like that, you got to feel at least a little bit like, that's going to build confidence at least some like, Hey, we just competed with probably the consensus number one team in the league right now. Yeah. So, and I don't think there's much of a debate on that. So no. 24 right, Simon. Uh, I got 28, 17. Bills. All right. Still 11. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, can't get it closer than it's 11. So hard, man. <laughs> it's so hard to think this team could go in there and keep it close the way they've been playing. I and I, 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 I've been saying it for like three weeks now is like they need to go in there and show that they're the team that shows that they flash and they just haven't done it. And it's hard to say that this would be the week they do it. A Sunday night game, away game against the best team that I think most people have going to the Super Bowl. It's just it's tough to think that that's what's going to happen. And and that's what I've like I said I've been kind of looking forward to this game because I think it's an opportunity to make a statement. So I went <laughs> I went real super specific with this. I also have the winning team scoring twenty four points as the Packers twenty four twenty three. The game ends on a blocked extra point. <laughs> Brian would end up waking up his family and getting beat by his wife. Dude, so would I, bro. My girlfriend would whoop my ass, but that would be amazing. I'll wake up wow. the whole neighborhood. Yeah, you'd be sitting there like taking beatings to the face, like "fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I live for this." Yes, dude. If we if we somehow leave this game four and four, like. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah, like I would be so happy. That would, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, had to, I had to end it on a fun note. So, is there anything yeah. else you guys want to throw out there for this game? Please, baby Jesus, let us compete. Brian, turn Play off fast. your phone. 
when you watch the game. Play fast. If I get, if I get a million messages from you, I'm just going to shut off mine. So. No, we'll be losing enough to where I won't even care anymore by the second half. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess moral of the story is stay off of Facebook on Sunday and Monday. Oh, Monday God. is the trade. Or, uh, was it Wednesday? Wednesday is the trade deadline, or is it Tuesday? I think Monday. No, it's Monday. Oh, is it Monday? Yeah. No, it's no, November second. Totally so that's I'm Thursday. That's a no. That's a Wednesday. The second. Oh. Why did I think that's it was Wednesday. Monday for some reason? I thought Monday it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Why would they ever do it before a Monday night? Monday game? is I'm Halloween. That's why. So, Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday it's Wednesday. Yeah, so Wednesday. Wow. Can we get Giannis to come? No, play? Matt, we cannot because we need him to win another title in Milwaukee. Why would we risk his injury? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I got to go see him tomorrow night, so I got that going for me. All righty. Yeah, well, we hopefully we keep it close, fellas, and it's not all doom hopefully and Hopefully we pull off an upset. Yeah, yeah, make a statement. That's what yeah, I'm hoping yeah. for. Make a statement. I'm but still rooting for will... it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I will see you guys again next Friday, and I'm sure we'll talk on Sunday, so. Go back, go. No, nope, sorry. Go back, go. With me. Go back. Yep. <laughs> Bucks beat the Knicks. Knicks suck. <laughs> said the Knicks suck. Yes, they do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.